This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. It's the Bartender Journey Podcast number 298. My name's Brian Vincent Weber. Thanks for listening. This is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Well, I hope you're all doing well, my friends, and getting through this uh, crazy thing, time that we're going through. I know uh, all, all us bartenders are out of work which is a drag. But uh, we're going to talk to Chris Swanger today. And uh, he's been on the show before, but he's the president of the Distilled Spirits Council of the U.S. And uh, we're going to talk about um, specifically about coronavirus uh, issues. Chris? Hey, Brian. Sorry I'm a tad late. Oh, no problem. Great to see you. How are you? Good. How are you holding up? Doing all right. Stir crazy, of course. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah. Now, I've got right. two dogs sitting right here at my feet. I put them outside, but they started barking. Oh, no worries. <laughs> That's uh, right. perils of working from home. I know. I think everybody's used to this uh, Zoom audio now, you know. So years and years of audio file work has just gone down the tubes, you know, in, in favor of Zoom. <laughs> Coming around. So, well, thank you for having me. Well, uh, yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about what the Distilled Spirits Council is uh, is up to today? I'm sure these days you must have your hands full. Oh, yeah, you bet. I mean, it's it's been an extraordinarily busy time. I mean, uh, around March 11th, March 12th, uh, when this thing kind of kicked off, uh, obviously, just going through all the anxiety uh, that we're all experiencing, you know, the impact on the hospitality sector, uh, is pretty significant, and uh, just understanding the real impact on bartenders and you know the outplacement that this has all caused. So uh, I am proud to say that uh, uh, the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States members, uh, within about a week, uh, came together uh, and worked closely with the U.S. Bartenders Guild, uh, and has donated over twelve million. $12 million. Okay, so I need to break in here and clarify something. Uh, I recorded this interview with Chris yesterday, which was April 22nd, 2020. Uh, it seems that what Chris should have said was that money was donated to the USBG National Charitable Foundation and other charities. There was some confusion here, and I think I managed to sort it out. Uh, there was a post today from a member of the board of the USPG National saying that the fund received about $6 million in donations. I reached out to someone at the Distilled Spirits Council for clarification, and it was confirmed that money went uh, from that money went not just to the USBG but to other charities as well. Believe it or not, the USBG National Charitable Foundation has received about 300,000 applications for help. Now, $6 million may sound like a lot, but if you do the math, if everyone who applied was given an even share, each person would get $20. So the USBG has to make some hard choices here, and uh, I've seen some grumblings from bartenders saying that nobody's seen a dime from this fund yet, etc. Uh, obviously, this is a huge undertaking that came out of nowhere. A bunch of money came in quickly, and a staggering 300,000 people applied for help. Me, myself, I was starting to wonder what was going on until I was informed that so many applications were received. I don't think anybody did anything wrong or shady at USPG, but it's uh, it's just an unprecedented situation. As a member of the USPG, the only criticism I have is the lack of communication. It seems to me that communication is so important right now. For example, our governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, has been going on TV every day during this crisis to give facts, 
he often says the same thing day after day, which uh, makes this whole thing feel even more like Groundhog Day, but I watch it anyway. Uh, no news is scary and unsettling news these days, in my opinion. Anyway, the USBG has announced that grants from the fund will be between $150 and $500 and will prioritize people who have health, especially COVID-19 related issues, and to those with housing and other immediate need, uh, which which makes sense. Uh, all right, let's get back to my talk with Chris Swanger. Uh, but, you know, I think in due course, that money will run out. So we're looking at other options. And uh, soon, soon after uh, we issued an announcement about that, we hosted a virtual toast uh, with the U.S. Bartenders Guild and was able to raise another $10,000. So we've been working very, very closely with Congress and uh, all the state governments as they were transitioning to essentially shut down the, the economy. Uh, been very, very pleased. Uh, more than 40 states have deemed the retail sale of beverage alcohol as an essential uh, part of the economy to stay open. Uh, but that, you know, doesn't, doesn't truly help our bartender community and the restaurant community. So we've been working with the National Restaurant Association. Uh, some of the the, the emergency rules that have been put in place that allows uh, for pickup of beverage alcohol when you pick up food to go uh, has been terrific. So uh, the other big issue that we've been grappling with is, and I'm proud to say, uh, over 720 distillers have risen to the occasion to pivot and make hand sanitizer. In a large part, they're donating it uh, to emergency responders and hospitals. So we uh, quickly... Uh, the first weekend of this, we created a portal for all the distillers to kind of congregate and share best practices. Uh, and uh, we've been working with the FDA on some of their guidances. Uh, hand sanitizer is regulated by the Food and Drug Administration. We've been working with the FDA and TTB. So, uh, and the portal is a place where if a distiller needs a particular supply, they can't get access to. Uh, really provides them a platform. Look, we'd all rather be making whiskey, uh, yeah. <laughs> but as as we're now starting to look ahead, with the economy starting to open back up, uh, you know, the Distilled Spirits Council wants to be a support mechanism for our bartender community and the hospitality sector for sure. So uh, it's been a busy time, uh, but I think as everybody, we're anxious to kind of get back to normal to some degree. Yeah, that would be nice, but it seems like it's a long road ahead still, you know. Well, going back to the um, USBG, uh, I'm, a, I'm a member, and uh, so I got an email the other day saying they got 250,000 applications for aid, if you can believe that. We're in the early stages uh, about exploring if there's uh, uh, something we can do uh, and a follow-up to help the USBG as well. So I had the opportunity uh, earlier in the week to get with Derek Brown, who is a, a, a great bartender from the Washington, D.C. area, has, has, has written a great book. And uh, he owns a, a great bar called the Columbia Room in, in Washington, D.C. And, you know, he's just telling me about uh, the challenges he's had to face uh, just just with his, his bartenders, right? Uh, so really recognize uh, uh, the hardships that this is causing on everybody. And, uh, you know, it's easy to kind of feel sorry for yourself where you're isolated in your home. But, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in there, 
you know, that are out there that are worrying about their next paycheck or the bank balance, and that is for real. Uh, I'm pleased to report this may not be directly relevant to the bartender community, but Congress is poised to uh, pass a, another legislative package, uh, passed the Senate yesterday to help shore up the Payroll Protection Act, uh, and it will pass the House tomorrow. Uh, all by it'll be the first time that the House of Representatives has ever voted virtually. Uh, but so the world has dramatically shifted. I think, you know, it's hard to tell what the world's going to look like a year from now. Uh, but, you know, uh, these challenges does present some unique opportunities for the industry. You know, uh, uh, I learned of a poll the other day where 69% of those that are ordering food to pick up at restaurants uh, love the fact that they can also pick up a cocktail as well. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of interest there and there's going to be changing consumer patterns. Uh, the good news is when the Trump administration rolled out, it's, you know, opening up America again. Uh, they included, you know, the, the steps in the platform to open up restaurants again and bars. And the president was talking about that last Thursday, where there may be a tiered process where uh, recommend limiting the number of people in bars and restaurants. So those are just considerations. But I think for the impact on the hospitality industry, it's pretty significant. You know, the supplier tier is very invested in working to help help support that and ramp that up. As, as the economy starts to pick up a little bit in the coming weeks. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, you mentioned the Columbia Room. I tried to go there in uh, in January, just a few months ago. The place was packed. Couldn't packed. We couldn't get in. They said, you know, give us your cell phone number. We'll text you in an hour or so when we can let you in. Two hours went by. We never got the text. I, I mean, the place was packed, and and they're now they're closed. I mean, it's a shame. You know, it's really really a shame. Truly, and it. You know, uh, Derek was talking about you know what what uh, bars and restaurants do to local communities, like just supporting charitable activities or, you know, giving food or what, whatever, you know, to local homeless shelters and so forth. And all, all that probably has been wiped away during this just because, you know, many of those great bars are closed. So, uh, it, you know, just the, the role that bars play in bringing people together uh, and just, you know, uh, relaxation and joy and so forth. Um, those are all elements that our society is missing at this point. And uh, I mean, who would have thought just sure, going yeah. to normal lunch and sitting down at a restaurant and having lunch with somebody, you know, uh, or a cocktail after work, uh, you know, was so special. I mean, I always knew it was because this is the industry that we're in. But when you lose something like that, you know, maybe one of the good things that will happen is, you know, people appreciate the normal things in life that are so special, but you probably didn't fully realize it, you know, uh, two, just two months ago. Right. Yeah. You yeah. realize well, when you couldn't well, get into the Columbia room, oh, I got to go somewhere well, else. Yeah. Right? yeah. I mean, another, another example also in January um, in Manhattan, uh, it was a super warm day in Manhattan in January. It was just, you know, strangely, it went up to 60 degrees or something in January or whatever it was. Well, let's say it's 50, which is warm in January, right? Every bar was packed. You know, people couldn't wait to get out. And this is only, you know, when life was normal, but, you know, it was cold weather and people, you know, people weren't going out as much, but just one nice day and just everybody wanted to go out. So, you know, I think 
once this is over, but, you know, it's hard to imagine. It's not going to just be over like that, unfortunately, you know. It, I think it will make you appreciate the simple things in life that are so awesome uh, that we've kind of lost over the past month. Uh, so uh, our team at Discus, I mean, uh, I'm very proud. Uh, look, uh, with, with all the challenges, I'm proud to say that, you know, hopefully the team at Discus has, has risen to the task. Uh, I, you know, a big reason for trade associations or, or for, you know, challenging events like what we're experiencing, right? So we should be, you know, the advocate for the industry and the face. Uh, and that includes not only the suppliers, but the, the industry in its entirety. And uh, we've been working very, very closely with other trade association partners. All the distilleries have had to shut down their tours, their tasting rooms, and so forth. Yeah, you know, I was uh, I, actually I was curious to talk to you about that. Uh, that um, I, I imagine the the smaller spirit brands would have a tough time, tougher time than the larger ones these days. Because I mean, I know off premises is, is blowing up. I mean, off premise the liquor stores are very busy in the states that are allowed to be open. But you know, I think people are going to go in and quickly grab the brands that they know because obviously they don't have the opportunity to learn about something new from a bartender or a tasting room or an in store tasting. So that that I, I wonder how it's going to affect the, the the little guys the, the craft distillers yeah they're under they're under tremendous pressure i mean to their credit many of them are making hand sanitizer in large part donating it to emergency responders and the demand for hand sanitizer is only going to become greater as the economy starts to open so but yeah they they are certainly under significant economic pressure and uh we're in the process of uh congress is now starting to think about uh it's called phase four package of the CARES Act. And uh, we have a day of action today. Uh, and we're working closely with the Restaurant Association uh, uh, just, just to get the word out that it, this industry, the hospitality industry, uh, desperately needs help. Uh, certainly the bartender community, the restaurants, uh, the craft distillers, uh, across the board. It's interesting uh, that Nielsen numbers have been coming out and the off-premise uh, trends have been very high uh, in support of the industry. Uh, Nielsen numbers came out just last week. Uh, so, But that, that does not balance out the impact on the on-premise as well. And I think eventually that will, will simmer down. So one of the things that we're trying to work with uh, is if you just look at the Nielsen numbers, some would say, well, the industry is doing great, right? Because a lot of people are going uh, going to the off-premise to buy their product and enjoying it at home. Uh, but there's a whole you know, critical element, which is the on-premise, and that's where brand building happens and so forth, a big component of it. So uh, we're going to uh, lobby very aggressively in the phase four package. Uh, 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 the Distilled Spirits Council of the United States started a uh, grassroots platform called Spirits United, www.spiritsunited.org. And it's a grassroots platform for us to advocate in the states and uh, with Congress. It's very easy. You just go on www.spiritsunited.org and put your name in. And then when we need to send out a call to action to send letters to members of Congress, uh, 
it, it's a one-two, literally takes one one minute to get a letter out to your state representative or a member of Congress. So uh, for all your listeners, check out Spirits United. Uh, we, we launched it in August, and we now have over 30,000 people. So by our count, we've got 1.6 million people in the United States uh, that's affiliated with our great industry. And uh, just imagine uh, the voice that we would have if we signed up 1.6 million people and we, we activated that. Uh, we launched a campaign this morning on the phase four package. And within an hour, we've gotten over 1,500 letters to members of Congress. That was around you know, uh, 10, o'clock, 10 o'clock this morning. And uh, uh, when we were working on phase three, the phase three package, uh, I think we generated well over uh, 40,000 letters to members of Congress, right? So one of the challenges uh, that everybody in the United States is experiencing, well, everybody, you know, there's a lot of industries that are affected, right? So it's just to make sure we win share of mine with lawmakers as they have a lot coming at them. Uh, we just need to make sure that our voice is heard and that we're not certainly forgotten. Right, right. Well, the um, the support from the brands has been it's great to see for bartenders. You know, they're coming up with different programs and 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 uh, a lot of competitions. In fact, there's so many I can't even keep up. You know, I try to. It's cool. I try to enter one one a day if I can. But uh, you know, but it's fun. It keeps you, you know, keeps you creative. And uh, it's but it's it's nice to feel the uh, you know the support and the and the love from the brands. It's pretty amazing how everybody's kind of reinventing themselves a little bit, right? We had to do that at Discus. Uh, just from working at home virtually to, you know, repurposing the, the trade association to make sure that we're providing as much support for the industry and our members as we can. So, and that that's a testament of, you know, uh, the vitality of human beings, right? Uh, you know, we're all doing Zoom now, right? I didn't even know what Zoom was until about, uh, about a month ago, right? Uh, so, but... You know, hopefully, uh, you know, uh, we'll gradually get back into where we need to be to make sure that the economy is going right. Uh, and, you know, I just think about those bartenders. They're such a uh, very much an important part of society and the role they play in communities. And, uh, you know, just the anxiety that that your audience has, you know, we appreciate that and recognize that. And uh, we're going to be looking for creative ways to continue to support the U.S. bartenders. Great. And uh, so what, what's the process if a distiller needs to change over to making hand sanitizer? Is that a, it must be a, a bit of an undertaking. A little bit, yeah. And we've, we've, we've had early on when all this kind of kicked off, we did, we did have – uh, some challenges with uh, the Food and Drug Administration. They issued a couple of guidances that made it made it confusing. Uh, the World Health Organization, believe it or not, has a guidance for hand sanitizer for what's called undenatured alcohol. That's what many of our distillers have. Undenatured is palatable, tastes good alcohol, right? Uh, not like the rubbing alcohol. And uh, so we all kicked off. We did get language in the phase three package that would eliminate the federal excise tax on uh, distilled spirits that are used for hand sanitizer, which is good. And we're still working with the FDA uh, uh, to, to get uh, a list of denaturants that can be included in the undenatured alcohol uh, that changes the taste profile. I, I, I wasn't aware of this, but uh, the FDA brought this to our attention 
kitchen, I pre distilled spirits getting involved in the hand sanitizer issue. Uh, there's been instances where little, little kids, like one, two-year-olds, will grab mama's hand sanitizer and try to taste it because they're naturally curious, and it can be poisonous. So we launched a public service uh, an, a campaign uh, last week with all of the nation's distillers just to get the word out about keeping hand sanitizer away from children. It's important. we got to protect uh, you know, our communities and so forth, but that wasn't a well known thing and uh we're continuing to work with the fda uh because uh, uh sourcing some of the ingredients for hand sanitizer uh can be a part of the challenge right but the demand for hand sanitizer is significant and uh i've had you know the waste management trade association these are the the, the garbage companies right that, that pick up the garbage reach out to us looking for hand sanitizer because uh those great people that are picking up our trash every day, you know, want to make sure to keep keep themselves clean so they they don't get sick. Food processors, those folks working in the grocery stores or, you know, food processing plants, right, just to keep the food supply going. Uh, so I would expect as the economy starts to open up, the demand for hand sanitizers is just only going to get greater. But uh, many of the distillers have been providing for free hand sanitizer to police, uh, ambulances, emergency responders, and hospitals all around the country. And uh, it's a unique platform opportunity. Even about a month ago, uh, the president of the United States tweeted. Everybody's aware of how he tweets. Uh, he, But he did a call out recognizing the nation's distillers for stepping up. So it's a unique time for the distilled spirits industry. Uh, and I'm proud to have the opportunity to represent them uh, but again, uh, and I've said this in a couple of media interviews, look, it, we want to do our part. Hand sanitizer can help uh, ultimately beat COVID-19, and we want to get back to making whiskey. And Discus would ultimately like to get back and uh, being a strong representative of our member companies in the industry, tackling big issues like tariffs and uh, making the Craft Beverage Modernization Tax Reform Act, uh, which is FET reduction issue we've been working on. So uh, uh, I think we're all probably ready and hoping to get back to some normalcy pretty soon. Uh, my 14-year-old's boys' school, I got an email yesterday. They're not going to open back up, right, uh, for the rest of the year. So, uh, you know, and I just think about those bartenders, how dependent they are on tips, Right. And all of that has kind of gone away. And uh, the sooner we can open things back up while keeping everybody safe, I think I think the world will be a better place. But we'll see. Got to just keep sure. pushing and keep a positive attitude and be, uh, persevere. Absolutely, absolutely. And I always say, you know, you you can't get mad about things that are happening. You just have to reinvent yourself. That's that's all you can do, really. Exactly. And uh, yeah. look. You know, to all your listeners, you know, anything comes up, uh, please email me. You know, we're all kind of cocooned in our homes, but we only can advocate and and help when we when we know what's going on there. So, you know, anytime any of y'all's listeners uh, think that uh, discus uh, can be advocating for something, let us know. Uh, Chris 
scott.swanger at distilledspirits.org. Uh, the other thing that I would say, which is important that we've also been working on is I had the privilege to lead uh, responsibility.org. It's our foundation that has been around since 1991, uh, focused on uh, combating underage drinking, drunk driving, and promoting responsible consumption. So there's been uh, press reports about, you know, the rise and uh, issues related to alcohol abuse while at home. And uh, so we've been, responsibility.org's been out quite a bit, uh, just getting the word out to remind people to enjoy the product in moderation, obviously have a balanced, healthy lifestyle. And, you know, all that's important to get out and exercise, I did a lot of exercising over the weekend, uh, haven't the last couple of days, but tonight I'm going to put things to the side, try to go out, just get some fresh air and exercise. Keep these dogs from stopping the bark. I apologize. <laughs> no problem. Well, Chris, it's a pleasure to speak with you again. Uh, keep up the great work and uh, we appreciate everything you're doing. You got it, Brian. Hang in there, everybody. And uh, look, looking forward to having a cocktail with everybody in due course. So thank you very Absolutely. much. And I appreciate your uh, leadership and uh, hang in there. And hopefully things are going to get better soon. Yeah, absolutely. Cheers, Chris. Thank you. Brian, cheers. Bye bye. Well, everybody, be well, be safe, be strong. We'll all get through this somehow. Cheers. We'll see you next time on the Bartender Journey Podcast. <laughs>